seven recap. It is pandemonium, pandemonium, as Vince McMahon would say back in the day. Fez, joined by Steve Fezzik, two-time Super Contest champion. You just lost a uh, survivor. You were down. How many people were left? 300. Out of how many? 6,100. 6, I, I, I could not even in my dreams think you made the wrong pick on the Pats. So, you know, when you lose and you play it right, that's all you can do. Yeah, and I'm not alone. I think there's only like 100 people left now. There's all underdogs. Yeah. We're all underdogs in life, Fez. Some more than others. I tell you, this is going to be the most exciting survivor ever. $6 million and one, it might go to one person. That's a lot of money. Okay, we're going to make <laughs> biggest this. Biggest prize in the history of um, Nevada. There you contest. go. Okay, now, how's your weight loss contest? You seem weak tonight. I'm at 193 and Wishnev's 196. Oh my God! So you're racing to 180? Yeah. This is you're giving him more fight than I thought. Well, all he's got to do is get under me one day. I know he, could, he, he mean, negotiated I, that a good deal. Well, you know, to be fair, I mean, he's being a good sport because he could just lie in a boiler for a day and win. But and maybe, be, but maybe he's trying. You know what it's like? It's like some because let's be honest. If you lost, let's say you got to 181, mm-hmm. and then he's at 180 that day. Mm-hmm. And it takes, let's say, 10 more days of this. Won't that be the worst possible outcome? No, because you look at the present value. Well, yes, from a, from a, from a perspective <laughs> the of just this contest. The most pain and the least reward. Well, well but, but you talk about the pain, like, like I can beat my son in a race now. Like it's like it's yeah, like but, it's but incredible that like they the health this implications. This isn't a healthy, but it's got to be worth six figures for me to be healthy again. Yeah, except I. Here's the thing. We'll see. But right now, you seem as weak as I've ever seen you. Oh, it's not true. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, from a terms of like a bench press or something. No, no, no. Yeah. The weak is in it just seems like your energy's low. No, if you don't my eat, energy. If you don't eat, how can you have energy? I, 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 I'm eating. I am eating. I may not eat tomorrow. I always make sure I eat for the pod. The day, the day between the pods on Tuesday, you, we, you, you, I may well be a, uh, might be a fast day would, would tomorrow. You, would you agree that it would be the worst for you to, or no, you're saying you're thinking, all right, but under that theory, you'll keep down at that weight for years to come. Yeah, that's one of the odds of that. Right. All right, we're going to do things a little differently this week. Steve's going to have his chance to whine about his faulty finals, but we're going to build it around what are the big narratives of the week? What are the questions of the week? What questions do we want the Vegas answer, the Fezzik answer, the RJ answer? That's what this show's about, what we just saw versus what we're going to predict to happen. That comes on Wednesday night, released on Thursday. Okay, Fez. Some, some of the big questions. First, let's start with the game of the day. That had to be the rant, or check that, the 49ers against KC. KC looked as good as any team has looked this year. Even, even I would make the case Buffalo hasn't looked better than they look in this game. The, San Francisco closed the favorite. There was a lot of San Fran money because really the injury report. I think one. I think it was pick, actually pick. I saw some picks pop up, but I don't think they closed. The no, they did. Did they? I mean, the money line, when you, mm. when you look at the money line at the sharper books, they were favored. Wow. okay. And so the news was good. It went from three to a slight favor, you know, plus three to a slight favor. The news was really good. And I told McKenzie, I said, listen, not busting balls, but like what was the reality of the starters missing? And 
You want to quantify that for us, McKenzie? Yeah, one starter that expected that we would have wanted to go didn't go Armstead. And that's specifically on defense? Yes. And was there any starters on offense? Uh, that didn't go, no. All right, so of 22 starters, 21 played. Mm. You might say, well, wait a minute, then. This was a full-strength San Francisco team, and they got demolished at home. Maybe. But I would make the following point. Fantasy sports sites have done a study, and they say if you're on the injury report at all, that that, that upcoming week, if you play – you're still limited. There's still a downward effect. And it's obvious if you play, if you're an offensive skill position player, but it's not obvious when you play for the defense. And the defense is all banged up still for um, Kansas, and for San Francisco in terms of being not 100%. Less than 100%. Exactly. Yes. Like you right now on this fast. I'm on 100. I'm good. <laughs> I'm smart. I ate, I I'm ate, smart. I ate good this weekend. <laughs> yes. All right. Now, McKenzie makes a good point on his little notes, he says, hey, I'm not counting the IR like Elijah Mitchell out and one D tackle. So, okay. But that's been months ago. Running back's not going to be an issue anymore. No, no. And we can, you know, that trade's interesting because it feels like an all-in, not for this year, but to win now, soon, this year, next year, et cetera. With the How quarterback often situation, has any team has like such diverse weapons where guys they literally that you can run them out of the backfield or you know put it put in the slot. And, yeah, yeah, you know Debo and 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 C Mac now. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is the negative of the Shanahan system is when they have to pass, they don't do play play action is not necessarily going to work. How can you effectively, how well can you pass? There hasn't been a Shanahan offense that I can think of that could run like they do when they're in the lead, but then also pass on must-passing downs effectively. Mm-hmm. And maybe you just can't have both of them because the kind of linemen you need to, pa- to, to pass block are different than the linemen to run that zone scheme. So McKenzie... You understand, I mean, again, you're not a coach, but you've been around. Uh, Mike Shanahan's your first uncle. Kyle's your first cousin. Is Does it make sense to you that the kind of skills it takes to run the Shanahan run game don't necessarily go with pass protection when the other team knows you're going to pass? Yeah, it makes sense to me. It seems like there's just a switch that um, a lot of teams, including the 49ers, haven't been able to, to flip. I wonder if that's just not having an elite quarterback and if – the Shanahan system works not having an elite quarterback. That's a good thing, but it doesn't work necessarily if you don't have that elite quarterback. Or maybe elite quarterbacks look less than elite when they have to pass in the Shanahan system. Yeah. I mean, who knows, right? So what I would say is in-game betting, Fez, how much do you account for that? Like when you're looking – are you playing just situations? The teams – like let's think about this. You don't have to know anything about the team. So the NFL play-by-play, they, they put out a play-by-play that you can get by uh, uh, RSS or, or I guess it would be more an open API, but okay. And you can see the plays as they're happening. There's like 256 fields they got filled in. One of the fields is chance to win the game at this point, and it considers the, the Vegas spread. So it says if you have a, not the in-game spread, the pre-game spread. Mm-hmm. So a team's favored by, let's say this game was pick them. I what's a pick them down by nine with two minutes and 30. You don't have to know anything about football. And if you have the Vegas spread, you've got the collective knowledge of the world 
effectively on that game. That's what this, the market is, the, the world's knowledge. Sure. That's what the wisdom of crowds is about. When you're in-game betting, are you thinking about it only that way? This is a certain kind of favorite in a certain kind of spot, or are you thinking this team can run the ball well and the other team can't defend the run, they'll be able to run out and keep the lead? Do you think like that? Generally, no. Mm-hmm. So I, I, an algorithm. I, I'm, I'm much more of an algorithm looking at, example, Denver's playing the Jets. Jets running back gets hurt. I'm like, it's not being accounted enough. I lost this bet. I bet Denver in-game because the Jets lost their stud running back. And we'll talk about that. Now, they did. What's interesting, the Jets lost uh, Brees Hall, who was the favorite for Rookie of the Year. But right away on Monday, they traded the Jags for Robinson, who uh, really has fallen out of favor, but was like an all-pro level as an undrafted free agent coming out of the colleges. I think that's a good pickup, all things considered, for a six-round pick. I agree. My only concern is how is Robinson? I know he's got some good numbers, but he's coming off an Achilles, and I'm not sure he's 100%. Wow. I tell you this. I mean, if you look— Got good numbers this year. Yeah, that's all you can have, right? I mean, but he fell out of favor. Though I don't under to me, it feels like we might as well talk about this now, real quick. It feels like Jacksonville is waving the right flag. If you're giving up on, I mean, you need depth at running back, regardless. Well, true, true. But ETN is really looking good. But he's a small back. I mean, yeah. is he going to be the bell cow back? I think I think it's more Robinson. Just they're 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 selling him high because he's no, got these great whoa, 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 numbers. Stop! 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 A six-round pick is not high. Yeah, but he had a stud year. He, I mean, the stud year trumps the six-round pick. He, he had a, a 1,000-yard-plus where he was the bell cow, cow but, back But what I'm year. saying is that means they're selling him cheap. Like, how's Jacksonville selling him high when they're only getting a no, six-round no, pick? No one knows more than Jacksonville about how Robinson's health is going to be this year. Okay, so that means that every decision—so no team should ever trade with another team. Exactly. They shouldn't. Well, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> no. I mean, what, what? Buyer beware, RJ. Hmm. Somehow, I don't think you're at 100. percent I just don't. <laughs> I mean, right now, I, I wouldn't be selling Fez, but <laughs> let, 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 but I do think that it it feels like it's an issue where the, he remember now Robinson was the back. He was coming off that rookie year. He was all the rage. Really good. Yeah. But I don't. I, but I think now that he this is a different style offense. That, that he's just not wanted there. And I think to some degree, it's like the Jimmy G, Trey Lance, where it's like this guy used to be the guy, now he's yeah. not, and now do we want him in the locker room? I, you know, I don't know, because he obviously is thinking, because he, listen, you come in as an undrafted free agent, he's making nothing. I mean, he's like making where if he doesn't get a second contract, Robinson, he won't even have, he'll be working a job. <laughs> Right, Terrible. which again, well, no. If you hit the lottery, you should like. If you invented something that revolutionized actuarial science, mm-hmm. you should have an. Uh, you should have enough money. You don't have to work if you don't want. So, I mean, the guy was one of the five or seven best running backs in the game as an undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. And then if he doesn't get this next contract, what well, you know? And running backs don't tend to get contracts. Yeah, but lo- you know, good thing about this is a four-year initial deal instead of five. But yeah. you know, I, or, or there's not the option of the fifth year. But anyway, you can see why he doesn't want to be, you know, pushed off, marginalized. Sure. Right. So okay. So I, I like the Jets being proactive. I look at Green Bay; they sat with their arms folded without receivers, and now they're thinking about who can we get? OBJ maybe. It's like, why weren't you really beating the bushes in the offseason? Because it doesn't seem like they were. Yeah, and 
and they have a temperamental quarterback that is not responding well. All right, so back to the 49ers. Not overly injured, but probably more injured than we think because of limited players who were on the report that ended up playing. And the studies say that is important. Do you, how would you rate the final score, a 44-30 or 44-23 win by the Chiefs? How do you rate the final score with what you think the score should have been? I think that the Niners should have lost the game by like 12. All right. So a clear loss from the Niners. Now we're looking at our numbers, and we're going to be skipping pretty much to what the score should have been. And we'll drill in if we need to. We think it should have been a nine-point win by Kansas City, 36-27. And what do we do to get that number? We look at the stats, and we do an um, algorithm to say what should the score be by the stats. Then we say, hey, Kevin Cole's really smart at PFF. We'll get his number, and we got our pregame proprietary number. And then for the next day, starting tomorrow, we'll have the Football Outsiders number integrated in. Right now it's a three-metric average, and those three metrics say – 36-27. Now, that's interesting where, like, the number of points is still very high. And um, Kansas City, 9.1 yards per play. I saw that. I, I saw you know, that. I upgraded Kansas City a point and a half just because, you know what, you play one of the best defenses in the league, even if they're banged up, and you put up nine per play. And I don't recall a 99-yard, you know, pass touchdown either. So this was just nonstop offense. I agree. What I would say is this. If you look at San Francisco's offense, they were EPA-wise, they were in the 85th percentile. So anyone that's blaming Jimmy G right here is making a mistake. This was an 85th percentile offense. And yeah, Kansas City was 99, but that's about the defense. Now, speaking of well, who played bad maybe when he was limited, Nick Bosa, he's year-to-date PFF grades an 89. That's about, I mean, that is one of the five or six or seven best defensive linemen is going to score in 89, mm-hmm. right? In this game, 67 grade at PFF, which is below a starter. 70 is like an entry-level starter. I would imagine there were a lot of below-average ranks yeah, yeah, in but, this game, yes. Yeah, but what I'm saying is specifically when you have an elite guy. Sure. Right? I agree, Fez. When a team gets blown out, chances are they didn't play great. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to dissect it beyond that. Uh, <laughs> so their best player was below was like marginal starter. Sounds yes. like an important point. Yes. that we shouldn't get a snide comment. All about. right, All Jesus right. God. All right, um, you go. Why don't we let you take? You got anything else on this game? Oh I, no, I don't. I upgraded Kansas City one and a half. I only no, down, you said that guy. I only downgraded San Fran one point. And what was the rationale? I just felt I it, had a feeling. I, I I had a feeling. It answers it answers the questions. Remember Kansas City. We're so concerned about life after losing the Cheetah. No, no, I understand why you upgraded Kansas City. Why San Francisco less than you would have thought? I just think Mahomes is playing out of his mind. That No matter how good your defense is, you just can't stop the guy right now. Mm -hmm. I, I, I actually don't think that's a bad point because I think maybe where we are in the NFL is if you play a great offense... You can only hope to contain them, as they used to say. Hmm. But if you play, the difference between a good D and a bad D or an average D is if they play a less than great offense, you can shut them down sometimes. You know, and like the Patriots, Patriots shut down Detroit. You could say, oh, wow, they shut down Cleveland. But even they, with a good defense, can't shut down a bad team, the Bears. Mm. It, it feels like your hope is maybe 70% of the time you can 
shut down the the teams that are up to good but not really too good because the two good teams it does feel like Buffalo doesn't seem like they're getting shut down. No. Yeah. So in a way it kind of says if you want to be a good team, you can do it through defense. If you want to be a great team, you got to do it through offense. Yeah, and you, you and you changed all of our metrics basically, where you weighted offense even more so than everyone. It was obvious offense a little more important. You made it considerably more important. I think you're spot on. And but you know what's funny? More I see, the more I think. If you have a certain grade on offense, maybe it gets amplified. But if you have, let's say, the 12th best offense in the league, and the 20th best defense, right? 12 and 20. Mm-hmm. The other team has it flipped. 20th best offense, 12th best defense. I'm not sure those aren't even teams. Uh, I, I, right? see, I see where you're going. But if you're, if you're number two and number 31, yeah. you're an above average team if you got the offense. I think so. I, I agree. I mean, there might be something there. So that's what yes. I'm thinking about. Okay, I think that's it for this one. Um, let's see here. How hurt was San Fran? Oh, one last thing. <sighs> There was a stretch of Kansas City had seven possessions in the middle of the game, six touchdowns and one field goal against the best defense in the NFL. They are playing amazing. But one thing that maybe makes Kansas City not as good as they seemed, Hmm. everyone believes that you should play man-to-man against Kansas City. They don't have Tyreek Hill. They don't have— Can't get the separation. And San Fran went zone. Ah. And they spent the whole offseason trying to attack the too high, you know, the softer. Mm. Maybe it was just— That's an excellent point. I hadn't thought of that. A very well-respected defensive coordinator in San Fran, but maybe he made a mistake Mm. in that game. Okay, next up we got four teams. Some are going up, some are going down. They're kind of joined at the hip geographically, and those teams going up— are the Giants and the Jets, the teams going down, Tampa Bay and Green Bay. Let's start with the question of the pod. If you could have a $1,000 free roll on Green Bay to win the Super Bowl at the current odds or Tampa Bay to win the Super Bowl at the current odds, who would you want the free roll on? Green Bay. Why? Because I've been saying Brady's getting too old, all right? But now Brady's not just old. But Brady right now is checked out. So he's checked out early in the season. He's not doing the things that made him such a winner over the course of his career. And he's just going to keep getting older. So, you know, I think you're right on that well, one. Well, so, I mean, this is, it feels like this is his last year. It, it doesn't feel like he just doesn't, he isn't even going to want to be there. I, and I know they might make the playoffs and well, within a nine record. Big, they're very big favorites to make the playoffs. Exactly. Playoff. I mean, they're a monster favorite, but doesn't he have the look of, God, I don't even want to make the playoffs, you know, and go get crushed, you know, in the playoffs. No, I don't get he that. Doesn't look. Have, he doesn't have that competitive fire that he's, he's, he's had like smashing, He's smashing tablets. He's, he's, Gouging people in the eye. Yelling at his offensive lineman. Well, how does that seem to be indifference? Well, it, he's mad it, at himself. He's, he's, he's mad that he's that he's in this. There's not enough hours in the day, and so he's like missing all this time from practice, and it shows the here, timing's not there. Here's what I suggest: you are a, a uncommon person, meaning just your general way is different than the average person. You'd agree with that, right? Oh yes. And Tom Brady is very different than you <laughs> to some degree. I think the pop psychology is your worst element because like you're thinking about it through Fez's eyes, and, a, and no one sees the world like exactly. I do. Yeah. So you know, little advice for you there. Now, Packers right now are thirty-three to one. Tampa Bay sixteen to one. Well, Tampa Bay is the much easier path. Whatever yes. it is, it's it's, it's the. I th- I'm convinced it's the path. Tampa right now is minus two twenty five to win the division, the NFC South. Green Bay is five to one to win the North. Wow! So they're going to have to go through as a wild card. 
McKenzie, good. He's on it today. Yeah. This guy, he's been sell. Did you hear? He was the number one seller. He took Steve Fezzik down like like Randy Savage taking down Hulk Hogan. I mean, it was it was. I very, don't think Randy Savage ever took down Hulk Hogan. Well, he did. His, I don't think he ever beat him. Well, remember, he did as the leader of the company. Oh, so it yes. was like that's when, yeah, yeah, yeah. When the Hulkster got like the ban, the, the temporary ban for the substance abuse, and and, and he was doing Hollywood stuff, and so. WrestleMania four came along, and and yeah. and Randy became the king. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, not the, so I was thinking from the business yeah. sense. Yeah. Got, Harley yeah. Race was the king, but yeah, okay. you're right. You're right. But the uh, <laughs> but he became the Macho King. But that was like after WrestleMania ten. But WrestleMania four, it was in Atlantic City Championship. Ted DiBiase. Ooh, the, got hit in the face with brass knuckles from the Minnesota Wrecking Crew guy. There we go. Okay, <laughs> Grandpa's Friendly fire. Gran, Grandpa's gonna be able to make it through the pod. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna take it. You were a little, you were a little um, tough on me on the one thing, but you know what? Who cares? I, I'm gonna be the Aaron Rodgers. Take some ayahuasca. Oh wait. Okay. Now, now here's my question. What's going on? Let's start with Green Bay. What is wrong with this team? Now, the obvious answers are Devontae, not enough playmakers. Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Rodgers has not been able to find a comfort level with any other receiver. He doesn't have a go-to guy. He Does can't, it, get, a, he seem can't like get a third down. It doesn't seem like he's trying too hard either. Yeah, I don't think he's going after practice and working no, exactly. with, 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 with everyone else. And I think it showed up. Third down conversions. 0.0. And, and fourth downs were 0 for 1, so third and four is 0 for 7 in total. Yeah, so th- excellent point. So think about, like, as bad as the Rams' offense has been, well, at least there's chemistry with Cooper Cup. And on third down, well, Cup is going to find a way to get open and catch the freaking ball. I can trust him. And right now Aaron Rodgers doesn't have one receiver that that's the case with. My thought is this, and I said I was going to have a hot take on this, and it kind of is hot. I think the following – does Aaron Rodgers have a vested interest in the team underperforming? Mm. Meaning, that sounds crazy. Let's assume he would want to win a Super Bowl. And if he thought they were Super Bowl competitive, he would do whatever he could to try to win. Because that would be a career-defining second Super Bowl. Right. All questions end at that point about his career being a disappointment. I think it's unequivocal that if he doesn't win another Super Bowl, he will be looked back on as one of the top five or seven quarterbacks ever, but a disappointment. You know, this is a great point you're making. Two is the magic number. Let's look at at the quarterbacks that, like, everyone speaks raves about. Either Manning, uh, John Elway, you know, all these guys got the second one, and that cements their legacy as Complete and utter winners. I agree. Think about if you look at the list of one-time Super Bowl champions and look at the list of multiple Super Bowl champions, it's a whole different universe. No one looks at the two-time champions and ever says anything about them underperforming, ever. I I agree. So it doesn't matter what, even if it was somehow Andrew Luck or Trevor Lawrence, even with all that hype. But there's zero championships. Did for Andrew those Luck guys. make a Super Bowl? No, no, no. I think he was within 35 points once in the AFC Championship. If he would have just scored seven more touchdowns, they would have lost just by a few points. Yes. Okay, but I'm not a huge fan of all the Andrew Luck love in high, or I guess at the time and in hindsight. Okay. One other theory. Mike Lombardi said this, friend of the show. He said. He never liked Lafleur. He, you know, he he thought Lafleur. He thought Lafleur's been overrated. Listen, you go 13-3, 13-3, 13-4 regular season, 
pretty damn good. That's as good as anyone in the history of the game to start a career. But his point was you had an offense that's been working. Now you lose Adams. You got to play, do something different. Look at Kansas City. Look what they're doing differently. That They lost Hill. It feels like to Lombardi, schematically, Green Bay's running the same stuff. They don't have the same players. And this is back to the old, does the coach adjust for the players, like Belichick, or do the players have to adjust to the coach? But sometimes they're not able to do that. Sure. And you and Green Bay has a really good backfield. So they, they are uniquely qualified to be a great power rushing team, and they're, they haven't been employing it. I mean, we'll talk about the Atlanta game, but you got teams like Atlanta that covered six straight before this game who are running the ball almost irrationally, where they're down by 14, and they're still, I think they threw like 11 passes in that entire game, even though they were down most of the game. You know, it's like the, it's a great point that you had, like that game went to like halftime, and it was like a long first half, and it was like literally it went final right after. It was like, what happened? You would expect a lot of throwing, and 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 listen, Atlanta had covered six straight, which means they were exceeding expectations, but sure. it's been doing it through a power run game, which is my point about if Green Bay has that prepared or ability, it's been effective in the league this year. That that yeah. that approach. I th- I t- I completely agree directionally. Although I wouldn't call Atlanta a power running game. I just call it like kind of like a quirk. I don't even think direction you... okay. running game. Right? Maybe maybe you know better than me on that. But but uh, I think all running is more about aggressive strength than pat passing is. You, what do linemen do when they pass? They step back. When they run, they go forward. I know this. Mariota has just been a wizard. Of you know making the right decisions when to keep the ball and going to the outside, but uh, that's uh, none of that has to do with passing, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's yeah. almost a single wing in a way. <laughs> it feels that way. Okay, you know there was one thing I wanted to touch on in the Chiefs game that I forgot, but it kind of ties in with the play calling. There's some analysts that say, "Oh, Andy Reid, he he'll uh, he won't use the good plays this week." Hmm. Almost like in Glen Gary, Glen Ross, the good leads. Right? Do you, now, Kansas City underperformed as a favor in the last couple of years as much as any team ever has. Especially the first half, right? They just kind of sleptwalked along. And You're saying the first half of the season or first, first half, half of the games that they— uh, Well, yeah. yeah, until they—remember, they were down 10 in this game. Again, it's cr- crazy. They're down 10. It doesn't matter. 14, 13 at halftime. So my question is this. Do you believe that one of the reasons— that maybe when there's a, like people talk about sandwich spots and look ahead games, there's been a general poo pooing of that idea. Oh, NFL teams try hardest every game. Do you believe that Andy Reid is saying, I don't have to use the good plays against the Raiders? Maybe we'll only win by three, but I trust my team in those high leverage situations to go down. And again, they've been great typically in those. And then I get to keep the good plays. Because think about how they've done against, for example, Tampa Bay last year when Kansas City just went in there and was up by, what was it, like 35-7. And now they go in and blow the doors off of San Francisco. I would make the case amongst the best teams of the last 20 years, no team has been better against the other good teams in the league than Kansas City. In fact, this year... Uh, I think it's a great point you're making because, like, a lot. I heard some people like, "Wow, they don't have, the, um, you know, the cheetah anymore." Look at that schedule. If you can pull up the first four games that Kansas City played, there's some people are like, you know, they could start one and three. They, you know, they, 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 they've got this this terribly difficult schedule, and you know, they didn't win every game, but you know, certainly impressive. So Kansas City had Arizona, which they killed, 44-21. 
They had the Chargers, which they were lucky to win that game, 27-24. Colts, they lost. And then Tampa Bay, they won by 10. So they're playing against projected division winners. Yeah, well, you know, Arizona. After Arizona. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Arizona was last year, playoff team. And the Chargers were right there with, with, with Kansas City, 10 and a half for a season win. You yeah, know? and, and then Indy was certainly was the big favorite to win that division. And Tampa was a super, and second Super Bowl. And Buffalo's coming. So you look at that. A lot of people are like, they're going to start Then it was Raiders, then Buffalo, then San Fran. So think about that. Before the bye, which they had this week, Arizona playoff team last year. They won the division or not? Yeah, they did there. Or they didn't. Did Arizona win the division last year? Or they Rams? Won 11, the Rams won. All right, but they won 11 games. Yes. 11 game playoff team. Chargers, who were what? One of the top four teams in the AFC. Indianapolis was a clear division favor. Tampa Bay, a Super Bowl favor. Raiders, at least an average team, they were perceived. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, the Super Bowl favorite. San Fran, top five favorite. Yeah. And they've made it look easy. Yeah, you know, and I love your point about. It sure seems like every time Kansas City is like going for a fourth down or a, or a two point conversion with the game hanging on the balance, they come up with all kinds of great creative play calls, misdirection plays, and the like. No other team seems to have it. You know why? Because those other teams are using it early in the game just to get first downs against everybody else. Yeah. So you're saying high leverage spots in the game they're going to be better, and maybe in the bigger games are better because he's withholding some of the wrinkles. I think so. I think great point. I agree a hundred percent. Okay, I'm R.J. Bell. That's Steve Fezzik. We're doing the weekly recap. Okay, let's move on. The other team we haven't talked as much about is Tampa. Let me tell you why I think this week was really telling about Tampa and Green Bay. You can have flat spots. Every team does, almost. And usually we like to bet that team if they're good the week after a bad performance. Tom Brady off a loss. You know, you hear it all the time. Why? Because you know focus is going to be there. When a favorite loses a game, it's often, at least partially, the lack of focus. Exactly. So Tampa played Pittsburgh. Maybe they were like, mm-hmm. like looking ahead. Thinking you know, a of wedding. Flat. Exactly. If ever there was a Friday night, we can go to a wedding. A- exactly. It'd be before the Pittsburgh Would he game. have gone before the Kansas City game? No. Elton John would have had to reschedule. <laughs> but... Once they lose that game, it becomes like a playoff game the next game. Exactly. And if you look at the big favorites in the playoffs, they do exceptionally well because they're focused. Mm -hmm. And it's priced like it's the regular season, meaning power ratings, whatever, but they're not going to have a lack of focus, which sometimes is there in the regular season. But when you lose that game and you underperform by 31 points, if you look at the ATS margin. You're a 13-point favorite. You lose by 18. I got to tell you, this this one final has shaken me to the core in terms of advantage teaser play. I don't know if I want to play teasers right now. I've never seen such a disparate results where teams are failing to cover by, by huge margins. And really with teasers, you're buying, uh, you're selling points back to the, or I guess you're buying points in this case. Effectively, you're buying 12 ticks on a six-point teaser. I, I teased New England tonight. I had lots of New England teasers going. Got crushed on that along with my survivor. All right. So, mm. and and your bears bat with me. So. Thank you. I'm <laughs> we can talk about te- And the Wong teasers in general have had a bad year where the, you had a lot of people finally figuring out what an advantage teaser was on the radio. And now they're saying, yeah, we're going to – and it's been – it's almost like the gambling gods are laughing. The, you know, I've never seen so many two-and-a-half-point dogs lose by exactly nine. <laughs> All right. So what we're saying is if Tampa had beat Pittsburgh last week, and even with a loss like this following it, it would be a shrug. Yeah, 
flat spot. The fact it happened after another loss as a big favor really tells you it can't be lack of motivation. It can't be lack of focus. It's their performance on the field. Exactly. Something is fundamentally askew. And like, well, you know, we saw like the Vikings were like a 16 and a half point favorite a couple of years ago. They lost outright. But, you know, it was just one game. To Buffalo, by the way. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is, this is. Buffalo's turned it around a little bit. This is disturbing. This is, this is, we got to ask ourselves, is Tampa even an average team right now? What was the adjustment you made on this game? I lowered Tampa two and a half points. Now, that's as big as you do, right? That's as big. Uh, Sands injuries, I don't think I've ever three-pointed somebody in one week. Okay, so the final score by our four-metric projection should have been a three-point win by Carolina, but still a win. This was not a fluky uh, result. It was a fluky score, perhaps, being as extreme as it was at 21-3. Um, I don't think there's much more to say about that. Carolina had a 96% chance, fourth-quarter win share, to win the game. It would have been a miracle for Tampa to win. And, and it felt a lot like in the first quarter, Tampa completely outplayed Carolina. In the second quarter, they played even. And in the second half, Carolina was just kicking Tampa's butt. Okay. In the Green Bay, Washington, fourth quarter win share, pregame.com, 83% for Washington. So it wasn't even, I mean, you could look at the score and say, wow, it was a two point game. No, they're saying they weren't even in it, really. Yeah. And I go back to that not being able to get one third down conversion. You just talked about Kansas City when they really need it. They get it. Where is the Rodgers bootleg, which you know would work? You know, I think I heard a stat that when Kansas City is third and long, like you know, eight or more, they were like forty percent this year. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay, yeah. so your answer is: Were you accounting for the the sixteen to one, the thirty-three to one when you said who you liked for a free roll in the Super Bowl, or were you thinking they were even off? How were you thinking about that? I'm, I'm projecting. I'm okay. thinking right now these two teams are about equal. But I but think- the odds are double. One's 33 to one, and one is like, uh, well, I'm sorry, one is 16 to one or so. It's because Tampa's got the path to the playoffs. Tampa's a big favorite to make the playoffs and to win. Who's the, the better team on your power rankings right now? That's a good question because it's going to be close. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I got Tampa 15th, and I've got Green Bay 19th, half a point difference. Now, here's the question. Which team has more upside from here? It would have to be Green Bay with those new receivers, right? Yeah, and, and the fact I think Brady is really going to fall off the cliff at the end of the year. But here's the— I've wh- said that before. <laughs> you I? think? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Don't get it mixed up, as they say. Twisted, I think is what it. Don't get it twisted. Brady's playing pretty well. He is. I mean, it's not his throws. It's not his throws— uh, Did you see his second throw of the game? So he hits Evans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's wide open. It's a perfect pass. It's one of those. And if, if it's a high school game, it's a touchdown two thirds of the times. I can't imagine. But something. Mike Evans had the worst game in the history of the NFL in terms of a wide receiver for a guy that got targeted like fourteen times. Tom Brady right now in our blended PFF ESPN QBR <laughs> TM trademark. Now is Tom Brady is tied for eighth right now. All right, so if you look at him in PFF, he's fifth. And performance-wise, ESPN QBR, he's 14th. Remember, QBR is more dependent on those around you, the defensive, mm. offensive line, I'm sorry. And the PFF grade tries to abstract his performance from the rest of the team. Now, who's in that range? Well, Mr. Daniel Jones is tied with him. And then let's look at the top quarterbacks. Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Tua, Lamar Jackson, Geno Smith, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Pretty good ratings, right? Yes. Brady is tied for eighth. It's not Brady's fault. 
when the team is 16th or whatever and he's tied for eighth, probably not his fault. Yeah, and they're last in the league in rushing yards per rush. They're three yards per rush. What this may show is how much Brady's motivation and cohesion when it was valid helped this team. Because remember, they were a seven-win team the year before. Mm. They won the Super Bowl. He comes in, everyone's excited, whatever. Now he's on the way out the door seemingly, and now everyone's reverting to their nature. And it doesn't seem like those players necessarily – beyond Brady's cohesion, were the type to be a great team. And maybe he's not putting them in the right play like Peyton Manning did for Denver his last year. Where right. If anything's going to go last, it would be that. He, you would think, but, yeah. you know, it's just... But, dude, it's a, you you, you got to be able to look and say, I think that Brady's playing okay and, and nothing else is working. Yeah. I mean, because this is what these stats are for. I, I, I agree with The eye test says he's he's still an effective quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I, he's much better right now than Peyton Manning was his last oh, season. Oh, no, not even clear. Peyton Manning was terrible, you know. I mean, but made great play calling. Okay, now. Get ready to be offended might be what we would call oh. this segment because we're talking Giants – we're talking Jets. And here's the thing about Fez. I don't know if he can hear me or not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak low right now. He is very, 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 very disinclined to think he was wrong. Are you turning up the headphones to try to hear me? No, they, they, it, it, it keeps <laughs> shorting out. I don't know oh, what the deal is. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's your lack of food. And, and, you're I, hearing, I, like, you're and I just wrap my microphone around my like, wheel of my, of my stool. The we- so are you in a wheelchair, you're saying? <laughs> it feels that way. <laughs> what if he sat wheeling Fez in for like, the pod? And then like we have his mic off, but he thinks it's on. So he's talking. <laughs> It'd be like, I think they did that to Linda McCarthy, McCartney, Paul McCartney's wife at the time. She thought she was a keyboard player. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they didn't have her keyboard plugged in. So she was like banging on the keys, trying to play with the band, and you couldn't hear it's anything. It's like the Partridge family with the little girl that couldn't play any of the instruments, and she had the triangle. How old are you? I'm the 59. Partridge family? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny how that show was like, you know, whatever, five or seven years before me. It seems like it was, it was like the honeymooners. Mm. Like, but then it's every, you know, it's like when Zeppelin, this is always the one for me. Zeppelin broke up like in 1980. When I think back to like 83, 84, when I was like 12, 13 years old, it was like Zeppelin was another year. You know, you would read it in Hit Parade or whatever. But it's like, no, it was a couple years before. And if everyone always, like I look at baseball players, I was a big baseball fan as a kid from 73, 74, you know, I don't even know who they were, but then from 79, 80, I can tell you the the entire Pirates lineup, you know, Bill Madlock, who apparently is the hitting coach for AJ's son now here Mm. in town, who he does consulting or whatever, was the third baseman, Tim Foley at short. I can tell you the team. And I, I don't even know some of the best players from a couple years before, like in the whole league. We all have that was it. the funnest baseball team. The '79 Pirates, we are family. That was just the '70s baseball was the bestest. Now somehow McKenzie is so out of it with Zeppelin that he puts up a T-shirt and it says Led Zeppelin, and literally it has Kiss on it. I, I mean. Did you understand that wasn't right? Yeah, I just wanted to get it. I just wanted okay, to see your reaction. Okay, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Okay, so we are talking Giants now. Now, Fez, we, you're stubborn. That's all we know. In a weird way, you got to be stubborn because when you bet a game, you're saying the world is wrong. The collective IQ of the world is wrong, and I can overcome the VIG. They're so wrong. That takes guts, 
right? Well, I don't know because the the the, the market assessment is I'm I'm in alignment with them, and we've just been wrong. We've been wrong, RJ. I don't know if you're in alignment. I don't think. Where do you have the Giants? Let's get the crime detailed. Where do you have the Giants ranked right now? Twenty first. The best team of the 21st century. <laughs> no, 21st out of 32. Where were they ranked to start the year? Ah, uh, like 28th. Yeah. So they've gone up six spots, seven spots. Yes. Does that seem appropriate for a six and one team? No. So what's going on? What's going on is the they played every game the Giants play is close. Okay. And, they, and when you win those, that they, means you're clutch, right? Well, some people feel you're clutch and some people feel you got lucky and fortunate. Okay. But let's say this. Let's say they would have So you think they should have won half the games? I think so. All right. So let's say that, the, but you're saying the game they lost, they should have lost that one for sure. So let's say 3 3 and 1. Exactly. Shouldn't they be like 16th? Yeah, but they're three, not. 3 3 and 1? Yeah, but then I've got to look at my preseason expectations and not throw them in the garbage can. Why not? I because we're only seven games in. Okay, so three, three, and one. So the fact they win or lose, we shouldn't. It's meaningless to you. This season's results. Now we're getting to that point where it's about sixty-three percent, thirty-seven percent preseason expectations. But I'm saying even within the year, forgetting the priors. It's meaningless that they won or lost. If they had won that Baltimore game or lost, you would have treated You know, that's a great point because I think it's a little naive because when you come down to the final five minutes, that's when both teams are trying the very hardest, right? So you should give that more weighting than you would, say, the first five minutes of the game, certainly. But you seem to give it less weighting. Because here's another thought. They talk about complimentary football and stuff. Sometimes should a – and Lombardi talks about this too. Should a team – should a coordinator be focused on his yards, or should he be focused on winning the game? Winning the game. Even though he's only one side of the ball. So maybe you think a play that's a long pass here is better, but your defense is tired. Do you run the ball, have less of an expectation on that play, but better chance to win the game? It seems like the Giants do that kind of thing. And are we really going to dismiss the day ball who was with Nick uh, Nick Saban with Belichick. Then he went to Buffalo and kind of oversaw the, res- the not the resurgence, but the ascendance of Josh Allen. And now he goes over, and Daniel Jones is now tied with Tom Brady. And we're going to act like that's all just coin flips. And he certainly has instilled upon his players that he has the utmost trust in them, and that he's going for it. Like you go back to that win against Tennessee. That's a that's looking that's aging very nicely. That win when he went for two, when he cut the lead to one, he was say, the analytics guys, including myself, didn't like it. But he's certainly telling his players, "I have complete and utmost trust in you guys." You know, so you're making a lot of points that go against you having them ranked twenty one. I, I can't get past the stupid their 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 offense is given is gaining five yards per play. Their defense is giving up almost six. How about, is, how's it in the fourth quarter? I don't have it broken down. I'm sure it's much better in the fourth quarter. All right. So right now, give me the team above and below, like two teams above, two teams below, who the Giants would be slight underdogs to first. So right right. above them. Well, your timing is excellent because they're playing this team. The team above them is Seattle. All right. By a half a point. Yes. All right. Now, a lot of people would say you probably have Seattle too low. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is a team that that in a way – 
you have a Geno Smith blind spot. You made a one of the worst bets I think you ever made. Yeah, you bet on Geno. I bet against. I bet Geno wouldn't be in the top twenty, and he's going to finish in the going forward. And it's probably he's playing the entire year like he's a top five quarterback. Yeah, though I will say this: it was strange this week. He's he had been like the number one PFF grader. His stats were great this week. I just assumed he was top five again. No, no he was like what was it? Uh, I think it was. What was it, like 16th, you said, McKenzie? 17th. In PFF. Yeah. So something looked funny to PFF, so who knows? Hmm. Because, but, that's, I mean, that was, a, that was a nice performance. Although, then again, you know. Oh, geez, here we go. Well, go hang on, we're here. No, it's just they had a great running attack. So they, I mean, but they that, had ha- that helps a quarterback ball. because yeah. the theory is that the defense has to defend the run. So I guess my point is this line, though, this week would say that Seattle is a little bit better. Yeah, right? Seattle currently land three. Now the line it opened up at one. Yeah, it got shot up, right? Okay, exactly right. And so now Seattle, even if you give we we normally two for home field, so we'll give Seattle two and a half better home field than average. Maybe even two and three quarters. Yeah, but I think it you're right. doesn't get you to three. It, I agree. You know, unless they're the better team. All right. So now the question is, well, give me the team right ahead of Seattle. Green Bay. Oh, jeez. Okay. I mean, Green Bay's a hard comp because they're so different. And how about the two teams? Seattle's a great comp. How about right below below them or worse than them? New Orleans? Oh, my gosh. You're saying Giants, New Orleans, pick them game. Yes. I might have New Orleans too high. I I mean, and then uh, the Jets. Well, this is so strange. There's so few teams that I even got a good feel for. I mean, like, obviously, what I was thinking we should do for Wednesday, just a quick little Mm -hmm. thing. Look at your top 10 teams, your bottom 10, entering the year, and your middle 12. Oh. And my bet is that most of the top teams dropped. They've been downgraded. Like, think about the top teams, right? Is Tampa Bay downgraded, Green Bay downgraded, right? Chargers downgraded, right? Who else was in your top? Uh, obviously, we got Buffalo that's staying strong and KC staying strong. Philly. Philly, were they, were they even in your top 10? Just made it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and Baltimore then, a little worse. Yeah, and you look at the uh, look Rams at the Rams way down. You look at the bottom teams; they almost are all up. Now that's interesting, right? Think Sh- about Chicago it. Chicago up, Houston flat. Yeah, I accept that. Uh, Atlanta way up. Yeah. Jets way up. That's what I'm saying. Seattle way up. So you I, know what? I have been. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out because I'm always throwing football outsiders under the bus, saying, "Oh, they always talk about these bad teams and how they're gonna like move up and be competitive, and they never are. They always suck the next year." Well, this is here with a few notable exceptions, like Detroit. You know, the, these bad teams have. Played a whole lot better. But see, Detroit was considered to be like right on the fringe of the middle, and they played they played well. If they were if they had the win total of Atlanta, even though their wins wouldn't show it, they would have overperformed that. Right? Mm. Meaning if they were like at the bottom I don't think you're saying, so. So you're saying Detroit's the worst team in the league. Detroit's been pretty lousy. Yeah. Worst team in the league. They've been right there. Yeah. Wow. They have been. I mean, they were just—they they, they were just favored by six points a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I know it. 
So you think? Well, maybe... that's back. That's back the preseason hype that people were like, you well, know, but, but the the hard market... knocks, you know, bite the well, kneecaps. But I thought stuff. the market was like God. Read, no, so read, how could the market be wrong? Read, read their games; they really haven't. Been I'm played. asking you how the market could be so wrong in the with that. Li- it's a liquid win total market in the preseason. I think I think that there's there's some intangibles to like the, the whole hard knocks. All they do is report good things about teams, and then we buy into the narrative. So then it's not a perfect market. It is an inef- it is a semi efficient market, which means some of it's which inefficient. means. Closing line value isn't the end all, then, is it? I'm I'm becoming less and less a believer in closing line value. But it's again, we don't want people to go crazy. It's still important. It's just we got to. I think it's contextually relevant. NFL sides, I think, pretty damn good. Yes. Okay. Um, you were talking Detroit real quick. All right. So they went. They lost by three against Philly. Obviously, that was a backdoor cover. We had Philly. Minus like four. Okay. Uh, Washington. Great closing line value. Yeah. Washington, they beat handily. Beat handily. Then they started getting injured. All right. Minnesota, 24-28. They almost beat Minnesota. Had to lead the whole way. Everything was going well. And then they lost to a Seattle team by three that ends up being pretty good. And then they got crushed by New England. And they played Dallas pretty much to, to, to a draw. Where where's the bad, Fez? No, nah, you're not going to give me the draw. Against well, let's, Dallas. let's let's the hold stats on. were equal. It's a phony uh, final. Uh, okay, oh, so ahead. so so then how? Whatever words you want to put on it, they barely lose to a Dak Prescott led Dallas team. They scored six points. Oh, okay, but whatever it is, but that isn't that your point? Is sometimes the score is deceiving. Yeah, they should have lost by probably eight. All right, well, we'll tell you what they should have lost <laughs> okay. by. All right, yeah, if let's you go look there. at the four factors, they should have lost by six points. So they they would have should have covered the spread against Dallas by a point. Yeah. So my point is that's not right. the worst team in football. All right. All right. I accept that. I, I think you made a pretty compelling case. The, but it's because, and that Eagles loss is aging nicely. And it's because it's because of the or I'm sorry, it's because of the expectations. Everyone thought this could be a borderline playoff team. I mean, there, there was people, that. You know, that's a great point because like if they would have played Dallas week one. They mm-hmm. would they would have been catching five and they wouldn't have covered, but now like the expectations are starting to drop. You yeah, know? I agree. Okay, so what's going on? Let's start with the Giants. Well, I guess we went through the Giants. The question is, is what Dayball's doing, does it have is there a rational reason it's leading to close wins or not? You're you're skeptical, but I think you're a little less skeptical than you were. Well, at- well in basketball, you know how like when you have the best player on the court, you win the close games. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley is the best running back out there. And, he, I mean, he was really just a replacement player for a while, and now he's a top three running back. And so when it's crunch time, that that's a guy, as a defense, you absolutely have to sell out to stop, and that leaves openings in other areas also. Giants, they lost tackle. Neal uh, doesn't look like it's for the year, so that's good news there. They thought it might have been a big knee injury. We talked about it earlier. Robinson from the Jags, switching over to the Jags for a second, Traded to the Jets. Do we feel like this is Jacksonville waving the white flag? By the way, I think it was three weeks ago when you were talking about Jacksonville Super Bowl tickets. I said the underlying numbers weren't as good. <laughs> Are you convinced yet? Yeah, the there's still a lot to like about Jacksonville. You know, well, what, you, what is it exactly? That you if, like? if you look at the offense, like the last week, they think they scored 17 points. 
they put up 450 yards of, of offense. They turned it over three times in the red zone. They really should have scored 30 points. Except turnovers are, like, when you have a bad quarterback, you turn the ball over. Do they have a bad quarterback? That's what I think they do. Yeah, I tell you this. Maybe. He's, he's not a savior. I know mm-hmm. that much. All right, let's look at the metrics here. Uh, our numbers say that the Giants should have won by four, and they won by uh, six. So pretty in line. Kevin Cole had him winning by 10 the stats said Jacksonville by one pregame in the middle says four. Okay. So, but my question is, does the team take the Robinson trade as a as a sign that, hey, but here's the funny thing. If you look at next year, next year Jacksonville's in a bad cap position. Mm. So this was kind of their year to like slip in the playoffs or something. I don't know. They're certainly not uh Taking advantage. Any other thoughts on Jacksonville? You know, there's still, I thought it was interesting how you probably caught the news, you know, with Indy changing their quarterback and they're bailing on, mm-hmm. on Ryan and mm-hmm. going with the, the Texas guy, Ellinger. Mm-hmm. But the markets are not embracing this at all. So you look at the division odds, Tennessee is the prohibitive, prohibitive favorite, mm-hmm. but Jacksonville is the clear cut choice and they have comparable record. Or Jacksonville is the worst record than Indy, but Jacksonville is the clear cut now. Um, number two. Number two. So it's interesting that the market is throwing Indy under the bus for this decision. Well, what I think is it's probably the market figuring that this came from the top, that maybe this – because why Why would Frank Reich want – does he really think Ellinger gives him a better chance to win? Matt yeah. Ryan just had his best game last week, not this week. And but, re- yeah, they just beat Kansas City. I mean, that's that's. I mean, yeah. It, it, I mean, well, let's think about this. Last week they won, and then a week or two before that they beat Kansas City. It was the first time the supposedly the line was getting healthy. The trend line was looking so good, and it's it's true. He played a terrible game. You know, I, I know. I bet Indianapolis and. I'm still reliving that 70-yard pick six in the second quarter, which basically sealed their doom because that was like there's no scoring in that game. So they lost the game 12 to 10 plus seven, 19 to 10. Last week when they beat, they put up 34 against Jacksonville. That Colts, that was the best game for Matt Ryan. Boy, that that loss isn't aging well for Jacksonville. Mm. Well, I tell you, somehow, Fez, even though you saddled me with that plus three, I somehow came out ahead. Yeah, yet. yeah, because he so. <laughs> To pull back the curtain, so RJ's texting me uh, on on Sunday morning, and like all hell is breaking loose, and I'm running around. He's like, "Oh, Jesus bet, Christ! You got to bet Tennessee. All hell can't be breaking loose at every every you gotta, second. You got to be betting Tennessee here early. Oh, first half, I said. Yeah, well, you said first half and first quarter. No, you said get. You got. We said you got. We got one bet on on plus three. All right, I accept. We got closing line value. I want Tennessee. I want a first half, and I want a first quarter. And we and just for you a up. smidge more, just a smidge yeah, more. Yeah, I said yes. Because if you looked at it, I could. I still like the. Listen, at plus two and a half, I didn't like the Colts. At three, if the market's two and a half, I'm going to take that all day, right? Yeah. But I didn't like it. Yes. But I trusted we had the best number, so hey, we're fine. And you did the research. I Tennessee did. being much better in the first half, and what? And, and Tennessee did not cover the second half, as it turned out. So. And, and I tell you, this is a trend. Yeah. I mean, Tennessee, when they're on the script, is very good. Now, also keep in mind now, Tannehill. Um, Walking boot after the game. So he came out for one play, went back in. They say it's his ankle. You can have that adrenaline. I mean, a lot of people are high ankle sprains different. You're out. But if you have a lower ankle sprain, you can play the rest of the game sometimes. And then it swells up and it's tougher after. 
You know, I don't know. I think he will be. My guess is he's going to be limited this week. My guess is he's not playing. And he's we, not even playing. And yeah, we addressed this in the um, in, in the opening um, market report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what happened is, if you look at the line on this game, it went down to you just blink and boom, it dropped two points. Okay. Okay. So from what to what? It's from four to two. All right. So you you got a situation where uh, Houston's catching two at home against Tennessee, and. That's telling me somebody knows that Willis is very likely to be the quarterback. All right, so let's think about what this line would be, what it is, and what it's telling us then. So if we look at Tennessee uh, against Houston, and this game is in Houston, Houston. Right? and the look-ahead line, and this is what we do and what you do on the, the market report, was three, and then it opened three and a half. So it was like, okay, this is um, pro-Tennessee at that point. But then, boom. Now, this is interesting. So, Mackenzie, do we have the drop here? Oh, wait, one second. Go ahead. Uh, one second. Go ahead. Because we do our daily report every day at 11 a.m. This so, is so post drop. So, it dropped in the last six hours or so, as you're saying. Yes. Okay. Now, to me, the drop from Tannehill and the backup is uh, with, uh, Malik Willis. Yeah, the dude they said Pittsburgh was going to get, the very athletic guy. I, I think out of Liberty. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I'll tell you this. I believe the drop from Tannehill to Willis is maybe seven or eight points. Wow. He was like not running a NFL offense in the preseason. He got benched after like a 30-yard gain in the preseason. Because they said his, he's not he, running the offense. He just didn't understand what, what play to run. Yeah. And well, apparently he refuses to stay in the pocket. You're mm-hmm. not going to fix that during the season. Mm-hmm. So to me, there's a sense of, oh, you got a you know young and, and athletically one of the most talented quarterbacks ever to walk the earth, just pure – he has a cannon for an army. He right. He's not ready for the NFL. I mean, so it's a three – it's like a, he's a year away from a year away, to mm-hmm. quote a Lombardi again. And I'm telling you, the idea that the two points is what matters, this is just saying the odds of Tannehill being hind- or limited, I think. Ah. Uh. And there's a small ch- – but if he's out – Shit, I think this game. I mean, I think it's Houston favored by three or four. I really do. Maybe it should be that it won't go that far. Well, then I'll be back yeah. in Houston, right? And, I mean, and you bring up a great point that well, one thing that was interesting. So Tannehill gets hurt. All right, then they bring in Willis for one series, one play. Was it one play? Mm-hmm. And then boom, Tannehill back in there. Even though they, his injury is serious enough that he's you know questionable to play. So clearly they're like, I don't care what what I don't care what it takes. Tape him up, get him out there. You and know? there was one play that Willis was in with them, and they tried to hand it off. I mean, mm-hmm. they're trying to do gadget stuff. I don't know. Uh, I can tell you this. I don't believe this line move. This line move says there's a chance. It doesn't say. It's one of those 40% type of things. But you were right about the Russell Wilson. Remember, you and AJ had a dispute on about the Jets and. Was he going to play? Yes. Boy, the PR around that, where it's like he has a real injury. Like the fact they had to say that Mm. is pathetic. All right. So let's double back to the Jets. What what do you got going on with? I mean, well, I guess we're talking about that game. We talked about the Giants a good bit. Now we got the Jets. We talked about Brees Hall, though, is out for the season. They got Robinson coming in. This team, I mean, remember, it wasn't that long ago that I asked the team, roundtable, who's the worst team in the NFL? The Jets was the majority answer. That yes. It was the vote. And now the Jets are what? Well, first of all, where do you have them in your, in your very skeptical rankings? No, my, my great rankings are actually... Close to spot on, especially after you tweak them. Uh, I have the Jets 23rd. Wow. So you, 
All right, so who's the team? But, but New Orleans tw- above them, and New Orleans I'm going to drop. Who's, 24, who's 24th? Indy with Ellinger. Oh, okay, well, then they should be 32nd. <laughs> I th- who knows? All right, so they got Jets got beat and by Baltimore. And Pittsburgh, yeah. <laughs> Jets got beat by Baltimore pretty easily in the first game. They beat Cleveland in that amazing comeback. Then they lose handily to Cincinnati. These are Flacco games. Okay, okay, good point. Then Pittsburgh, first start from Wilson. Right. He comes back strong in the fourth quarter. They win by four. Miami, they dominate by 23. Backup quarterback for Miami, right? Tua Mm -hmm. was out. And then they dominate Green Bay. And then they go into Denver and win handily. And a lot of people were on Denver there, the sharp sharps, thinking, hey, Russell Wilson's played so bad, it's not much of a drop-off. Yeah, Denver won that game. Denver won. Really? I'm, I, my, my score says 16-9. to 9. That's a typo. Denver won that game. I watched that game. Denver clearly was the better team and outplayed them. Denver won. All right, so let's look at... <laughs> If only the score, if only Fez got to d- decide the score for uh, that'd be that'd be fascinating. The whole game goes, and then you tell everyone what the score. You, you know, be. this this was my most painful live betting. I like to talk about bets I win, but I bet huge on Denver when Brees Hall got hurt. You know, the the, the Jets uh, running yeah, back. Yeah. I just unloaded on Denver to win this game outright. Now, unfortunately, our numbers agree with you. Now, this is what's fascinating is. This is the one game, I think, McKenzie, yeah, this is the only game that all three metrics think the losing team should have won. Mm. So the stats say Denver by six. Kevin Cole says Denver by four. Pre-game says Denver by one. You add it up, it averages out to four. Four-point win. It should have been 19 for Denver, 15 for the Jets. What happened? What was the cause of this, Fez? I, I'm going to dig into the numbers, but you tell us from your – um, deity-like perch. Broncos can't score when they're driving. Just uh, I'll, So I'll, wait, wait. The better team can't do the point <laughs> of the game. Okay. Um, not, not convincing me yet. I, I, I'm going to use the end, the end game just to, to sum it up. You're say the N-word. I'm, I'm going to use the N-word to explain this. I'm going to to sum it up, and it seemed like this happened the entire game, that, that Denver just kept shooting themselves in the foot when they were driving. And at the very last drive of the game, they throw it in the end zone, and there's pass interference on Sauce Gardner that they always call on a rookie in so that now, situation. So now we're getting— we're Always, get, now every we're, single time. Except except when you have a guy that's one of the favorites for the rookie of the year. He's getting a lot of cred in the, but for, with, with, with the Zebras, so they don't call it on the rookie and game. So I know that's one play, but it seemed like that, that was a microcosm of really Denver for the entire year. How many times do I have to say it? Denver can't score in the red zone. They can't score when they start driving. So maybe there's They're, a point to that. They, yeah, they drive between the, their own 20, the opponent's 30. Little and then short they, quarterbacks have trouble when it's they, all in a phone booth. they don't get it done. Yes. All right, so here's the different factors that in the pregame model that can adjust the score from the actual score. Turnovers, and then we look at the green zone, We look at which is the 33 and in. We look at the late downs. We look at kicking. All right, There's a lot of luck in some of these things. This is a game, unlike I've ever seen, where it feels like it's just a little bit of an edge for Denver. Or, well, actually, a little bit of an edge for uh, Denver where they got unlucky, I guess is the way to say it. In a bunch of different areas. In a bunch of different areas. Yeah. So in turnovers, it was actually Denver got lucky by a point. Only a point. Green zone, Denver lucky by two points. Late downs, so third and fourth downs, lucky by three points. Oh, but this is fascinating. The Jets were lucky by Okay, so now it's a negative. Huh. So the Denver got very unlucky on field goals, it looks like. 
Huh. Mackenzie, how do you... What do you think's going on in this game? This one's confusing. Part of it's the uh, different things you were talking about where they lost, they missed a field goal, they missed an extra point. That's four points unlucky. Also the success rate where EPA, a lot of big plays will factor into that, but success rate play-by-play play, Broncos were running a more successful offense on a per-play basis than the Jets. Okay, didn't so, show up in the final score. so you're bringing up a good point. Get those numbers, like what the you know ranking would be on the EPA in this game versus you know maybe go to the site that has the the percentile ranks. Uh, the running backs don't matter, and yep. uh, uh, let's look at that because what he's saying is fascinating. What are the things that separate a team's performance from the scoreboard, and the things that we are able to extract out? Turnovers, green zone, late down, kicking. We can give you a point value for each. But general big plays, a guy breaks an 80-yard run. It's not anywhere here, but people believe there's luck to that, that, that you might only have five of them in a year. And whereas, in, given how good you are, right? It's not like you're better, you have more. Yeah, we know. But wh- which games do they show up in? So what you do by looking at a success rate and say the best play can either be a plus one or, or the worst play is a minus one. That's it, right? And nothing in between. It's a binary. Jump, jump, jump is that is a more telling of how good you were because it doesn't account for the gigantic plays. And there was one gigantic play, the long run for the Jets running back for the touchdown on this play. There, there's two critical plays, the long run, running back run and the one turnover Denver had for the game. They're down one, driving. It's like late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, I, I believe, and they throw an interception and that that flipped the, the, the whole um, – aspect of the game considering it was a defensive scrum and field position was so important. Okay, so McKenzie, if you look at um, EPA for all offensive plays, so not serious, uh, yeah. So what is the percentile rank for Denver and what is the percentile rank for the Jets? For the Jets, it's 17th percentile. They were 18th for Denver, pretty much the same. All right, so they're saying that on offense, uh, just looking at total EPA, they were the same. Now, what was it for success rate? You look at series success rate. No, that, that's going to be different, though. What about the play-by-play success rate? So, yeah, just go all play. You see right there, all plays, and then, yeah, perfect. Seventh percentile for the Jets. Fourteenth percentile for the Broncos. Better. Okay. So, it's kind of bound at the bottom, but but a little Price bit. good. Yeah. <laughs> you well. know, what the, what, what the irony of this is that the Jets in the first half, the line for the Jets was minus a half for the first half. The Jets won the first half 10-9, to 9, so they covered Ooh, okay. by half a point. Broncos missed an extra point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> all right, so Jets, another lucky win. Now, Salah is someone I haven't been a fan of. At some point, you got to give a guy credit. I, I, Maybe I'm not as advanced as you, but I like teams that win. I'm just saying. If I was like, no comment. <laughs> the t- and I got to say that you know, how many times am I going to go in and say Jets got lucky, Giants got lucky again? But well, you, you know, apparently, but, he, but you, you know what? No, the, apparent, how much is enough? We <laughs> haven't found out yet. Well, 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 it is it is interesting how the Jets and Giants are perceived in New York teams, public teams, but all the money on the Jets and all the money against the Giants this past week. So once we go with the big question, once we talked about the game of the day, I'm going to let Fez have a game or two where he gets to pick because we don't want to overdo his belly aching. What's the net, what's the biggest faulty final we haven't discussed yet? Oh, well, I'm going to belly ache then. Uh, Indy, Tennessee. All right. We th- talked about it a little bit, but go ahead. All right. So this is a phony final. The uh, Titans win by nine, and these two teams should be heading into overtime so right now. So why would they be changing quarterbacks? 
because their offense sucks. But if you almost, if you should have won against Jacksonville, you're going to have to win the division. Yeah. Right? But go yes. ahead. I th- but I just heard you say, you know who knows the most about Robinson? Jacksonville. Yeah. Who knows the most about the quarterback for Indianapolis, perhaps? Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. But you're saying, no, Matt Ryan's good. He played fine. Matt Ryan won. didn't play fine. He played lousy. The rest of the team played fine, and it was an evenly played game, and they should be heading to overtime right now. All right, well, let's see if our numbers agree. Our numbers believe that Tennessee should have won, but by a point, mm-hmm. one point. So the stats say, um, let's think about this now. You know, actually, I was looking at the luck factor breakdown. Let me make sure. I'm sorry. That could be wrong. Let's see. I hope it's more. It's still one point. Somehow I was very lucky because it was an unrelated column I was looking at. Tennessee by one. Let's look at the numbers. Stats say Colts by one. Kevin Cole says five points for Tennessee. We actually have Indianapolis winning by two pregame. So it adds up to Tennessee by one. So a coin flip game. Yes. But the fourth quarter win share was 96 to four. Yeah, because the idiot quarterback threw a 70-yard pick six in the second quarter. (laughs) Matty Ice, my butt. Matty lukewarm. Explain explain to me something. Is there ever a game that that you couldn't talk your way that you should have won? Never. Never. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. I, I took Denver like when I was 23 in the Super Bowl. And they were down, that was again. They're down twenty-seven, nothing. They lost like fifty-five to three. Do you think if you, to ten? I think. Thank you. you think if McKenzie, you look, thank you. <laughs> well, remember, that was Denver, right? So Uncle Mike. But here's the question: Do you think maybe if you looked at things with honest eyes, it might help you? Yes. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. All right. Anything else in this belt? I mean, what 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 point do you have? Is the score wasn't fair? It wasn't fair. Why? Hey, quarterback was bad. Well, isn't that this part? This Titans offense is is really so. Where really do you have where do you have Tennessee? Because I mean, this is a team that was the number. Let's make sure we set the context. The number one seed in the AFC. Buffalo, no, thank you. KC, no. Tennessee, now. A lot of people, a lot of these fake sharps, I'll call them, said, oh, Tennessee's no good. Did you see the yards per play? I think I heard that's important once. And lo and behold, the team is it had in the division once again. With the healthy Tannehill, they're 12th. Okay, that's a lot higher than I expected, actually. Yes, tight. It's, it, it's a four-way tie. Where'd you, where'd you have them starting the year? I had them in the... Yeah, same spot, approximately. Well, yeah. you had Tennessee as like a playoff level team. Item plus a half. Okay, a half point better than average. Yeah. And right now they're what? Well, now they're minus a half. But everyone, I, we've yeah, talked well, about this. Of course, everyone, of course. everyone is getting worse because of all these injuries. I'm going to normalize my ratings up. But if point. everyone's, but Tennessee is winning and winning and winning. Yes. And but that doesn't. Really their underlying f- stats are, are horrendous. <laughs> and how were they last year? For compared for twelve and fourteen for thirteen and fourteen, terrible. Okay, I'm seeing a trend. I am seeing a trend but, as well. But apparently, you're not responding yes. to the trend. Well, now now their quarterback's injured, so now it's like. Well, I mean, first of all, we, he he missed one play. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I know you want any reason to the tear mar- down these, but teams. the market is saying there's problems. Well, the yeah, if we believe the market, then how? Why do we ever lay one ten, Steve? Yeah. Right? I mean, I think we should know if we're bucking the market, we should have a reason why. But when it comes to injuries, like I'll use an example. The Jets game, I do think, was a good example with Wilson being out. Mm-hmm. That you could kind of read the tea leaves that the market was saying that I agree. Wilson's not playing. But, but, but in this case, it's not the same thing where if the drop is seven points, and, and there has to be that, 
then if it moves two, it means, hey, maybe he's worked. Maybe right. it was just on the boot news. It doesn't have to be seven, but it has to be a way more than two. Yeah, I absolutely. would think so. I would I, think so. I think, absolutely. All right, so let's see what games we have left to do. All right, we'll go just rotation order from here because there's not many of them. Bengals, Falcons, we talked about that a little in the, the pod. Let me kind of reiterate what we in the, in the market report. Mm-hmm. Bengals last week, last week, not this most recent game, went to the shotgun almost exclusively, except for very short yardage and kneel downs. They had a few more under the center here, but not many. They fundamentally changed the running game. Is coming out of the shotgun now, which means it's not as siloed, which before they could tell by the formation, the type of play it was going to be. Now they're more neutral in that regard. Um, Burrow looks good. You've been speculating about his recovery from the appendix, excuse me, and the new linemen. Um, the Falcons, we talked about running the ball almost irrationally when they're down in the game. And they don't cover for the first time out of the seven. Isn't this interesting, though, to pose a question about the Falcons? This year, they took the number one wide receiver in the draft, the first wide receiver. Last year, they took the earliest tight end in the history of the NFL to ever be drafted. And they're running. Team. And now they're running the ball more than any, pretty much any team. <laughs> Thoughts? Uh, I, th- I think that good coaches look at the— uh, Arthur what, Smith. They look at what they have, and Mariota— his he gives them the best chance to win by having a largely run um, mm-hmm. option offense for the quarterback. And the fact that this was a rare team to start the season with six ATS covers, no one else this year, obviously. It's been it's been exceeding expectations, and I think it goes back to you pioneered this that, that everyone has gotten the defenses are, are have 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 they spend all off season working on stopping the pass because that's what the majority of the NFL is doing, and so the few teams that run are having a whole lot of success. This has been a whipsaw though because the scoring is down, efficiency Way on offense down. is down. And you can be more efficient running the ball than you used to be running the ball in the recent years. But it's still less efficient than passing, so it's like it's found an equilibrium. You can either do a little bit better, something that inherently isn't as good, right, run, or you can do a little bit worse than something that's inherently better, and it's kind of reaching equilibrium. Yes. And that's fascinating to me that the league changes that fast. Yes. I mean, this is one year. Because if it was just a few more teams that went to more run-oriented, all of a sudden then the defense would would see it more often, they'd adjust to it more. And let's face it, all things being equal, the pass offense is better than the run offense. And you look at the EPA, that's certainly the case. Yeah. Now, what's fascinating is you can't just change on a dime. You have to change players. Like right. You've got certain kinds of linebackers that can play against certain offenses, but they're not going to be on the field. Sure. The big old linebackers, they were out of the game. Now, you know, you got safeties being like a, a big nickel, like third linebacker. But now with these running teams, it's hard. You yeah. Know? It's fascinating. Okay. Let's continue down the rotation order. We got the Browns and the Ravens. One of my only really good, like, I thought I had the right pick here on the Browns. There was a trend that backed it up, too. Quick injury report. Tight end for the Browns. Looks like he's out for multiple weeks. They're thin at tight end. Mm. Thin. What do you got on this game? I actually upgraded Cleveland and downgraded Baltimore. I thought Cleveland outplayed Baltimore. I thought they were... I understand that Baltimore was in a position where they could have won by six, but for the underlying stats were pretty darn... 
equal, if not favoring the Browns in this game. And two, two turnovers for Cleveland, the one at Baltimore, but it's the one we paid more attention to. So I think you absolutely nailed it. Cleveland could have won this game. And you know what's funny? I think I missed saw this because this is another game that all the numbers point to Cleveland. The stats say five-point win. Kevin Cole says a one-point win by Cleveland. Pre-game says a six-point win by Cleveland. So it averaged out to a four-point win. But on the scoreboard, which Feds doesn't always acknowledge, Baltimore wins by three. So what do we think about Lamar? I mean, Well, it's a divisional game. Mm-hmm. So typically familiarity. familiarity that he doesn't do as well. I, I just can't get past the fact that, that it seems like how I, now it's true Baltimore trailed in this game, but they still got up the double digits and just never feel safe. That you never feel like the offense can do anything with a double digit lead late in the game with Baltimore, which that used to be the opposite. Yeah, this because was a team that would ball. run them out. Yeah, yeah. okay. That, now all the running backs have been injured. That's part of it, I guess. You know, I mean, running backs are rotating. supposed to be interchangeable. Well, they they better be because they keep having a new one starting every week. Okay, so I have a early best bet on this that was on the market report. I could give it to you now, but that wouldn't be fair to those with the market report. It might be on SOVAM too, but it won't be here. This is the one spot you got to keep looking because we don't got time to bleed. Next game. Okay. Let's think about this a second. Oh, we talked Tampa Bay. Yep. Packers we've talked. Yep. You you try to pronounce Heineke like four times, didn't I, you? I, I, get that right? I did that on purpose. Talk, Heineke. Oh, that was nice. Jazz <laughs> Broncos. The other, we, the other guy, mixing him up with the other guy was not good. Right now then. we got Texans and the Raiders yes. is next. Raiders, impressive off the bye, win by 18. You know, it seems like the Raiders running back has been injured oh, his for entire sure. time. And dude is Jacobs, a, Jacobs right. is 100%. And he is absolutely a decision. A, he's making player. a difference maker because the Raiders have always been good offensively. And now they've got even better weapons. And when they got that running game also, this is a just an elite offense. The Raiders are 2-4. and four. Raiders could make some noise here. Let's think about, so one, the projected uh, scores here. Five points for the Raiders, so not as big of a win. But a little phony. Yeah, Raiders should have won by probably eight. Houston had a point where that game was, I mean, it was tied kind of fairly late in the game, yeah, right? it was. All right, so Houston seems to always play a little better than you think, but somehow they don't cover as much as they should, it seems mm-hmm. to me. Um, let's take a moment and talk about the west of the AFC. Kansas City up a little bit. Chargers way down. And we'll talk about Chargers next. Raiders, you got to say they're down still. I mean, two, you know, being this record isn't what it was supposed to be. We're down on record, up on exp- uh, in terms of projections. So you think you think the Raiders are better today than you thought they were entering the year? Oh yes. By what? Po- by how much? By by two points. I had them an average team. I like. I, I love what what the, what the running game's doing. Do you think it's perverse the way that, that you don't think the point of the game matters? What is it? Do you get off on it? Like, is it a thrill to you? It, 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 it's true that it, if anything, like, let's say I have a team that like should be 10 and six and they go eight and eight, yeah, and they're eight and eight. I'm inclined to say, you know, they should be 11 and five. I think I maybe take it one, I think so, one standard deviation even past where it is. I agree because it's a perversity. Well, it's just a contrarian, yes, <laughs> a perversely contrarian, yes. All right, let's talk though about the Chargers. I mean, uh, AJ, he, he didn't know what to do. On one hand, he was still alive in the last man standing. He's got equity now, I think, upwards of $5,000. It's time to start paying attention start, to that. For, yeah, he's been paying attention from day one, but now you're saying your attention maybe. But here's the thing. 
Herbs looked so bad. I think he was probably neutral, a little neutral or a little negative, energy wise, just because of Herbs. Mm. What do you think? Is it, are the Chargers? Is it Herbs' fault? Is it Staley's fault? What? I think Staley has an issue, a problem that the locker room doesn't respect him. All this analytics stuff that it's like gone so far. Remember they won that game despite, like, he did that analytics decision to go for it and everyone second-guessed him, and then the, his opponent missed a field goal. Well, first goal. of all, you say it's an analytics decision. Who but knows it was, yeah. where it's coming from? I don't know. Yeah, I the just analytics know. guys were like, eh, meh, it kind of doesn't matter. You know what? If it doesn't matter, do what the basic strategy you calls think? for. I think If you're so. at a blackjack table and you got and you got, like, a too-close-to-call situation where you got ace-eight against a five— don't double down on it and piss everybody off. Just stand. You know, I mean, I think some of the analytics people feel like that it's been unfair, all the hate of Staley. Systematically scapegoated and demonized. I don't think so. I think he's getting some fair heat because this guy comes off too cool for school and he's losing with a top five quarterback. I mean, did the Chargers play better under Anthony Lynn or Staley? Oh, way better under Anthony Lynn. He just made god-awful, terrible game management decisions. And he was th- the opposite. He was the most conservative coach in the league, and now, <laughs> now they got a, a madman maniac. <laughs> no, yeah, madman, that's like, good. Like, no. It's like two poker players. They had a rock, and now they got a maniac. Now, here's the question, though. That's good. Is The question is... I hate saying this today because the Belichick looked bad, but this whole Jackson decision, remember when everyone was saying, now listen, he got hurt. Now what I had heard was his knee was a major concern coming out of college and that it was a major concern going forward. Now, who's to say? Like, is the patella tendon, he might never, you know, I'm not a doctor, but they say that's the kind of injury you might not get back to 100%. So he's out for the year for sure. You can't predict injuries like that. You can think someone's more prone to injury, but he was playing. He got benched last week. The biggest offseason, you know, well, I guess, was that bigger than Mac? I think it was. I mean, I was probably the biggest signing of the offseason on defense, right? Mm. And it was a huge disappointment. Sure. So to what degree, and, and New England got maligned and demonized by saying, oh, they're they not even keeping their cornerback. Who you? Who knows more about Jackson, Belichick, or anyone on earth? Yeah. But no one was giving Belichick credit for that. Mm-hmm. I just think the Chargers feel like that they lucked in. Let's be honest, they wanted Tua. They they were thinking of trading up for Tua. They lucked in. I mean, they took Herbert. Let's give him credit. They lucked into it. Their doctor incompetently jabs and puts Tyrod Taylor down, collapsed lung. Herbert comes in and look, we got a great player. And what have they done with it? Zero playoffs. Zero. And right now they're underdogs to make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, based upon the yes, no. Is that right? Yeah. That, that's interesting. They um, they got no home field advantage whatsoever. The crowd has a reason to hate them also. So every time now every time they make an aggressive play call, the Boo Birds are going to come out. Oh, because you're saying the, the skepticism about Staley, this, this tepid crowd anyway – Tends to maybe turn on them. Yeah, they're looking for reasons to absolutely turn on this team. And although I, fr- frankly, I could I I could see all Chargers games the rest of the year being like 75, 85, 90 percent Pittsburgh Steeler fans, Kansas City Chief fans, whatever. Yes. The home games, obviously. Yes. Okay. Um. See Seattle. 
Now, this is a team that is strutting, styling, and profiling. I mean, everyone was talking about how bad some of the analytics luminaries were talking about how bad they'd be, how outdated Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famer Pete Carroll is. Mm-hmm. And somehow, it seems like Seattle is a clearly better team than Denver, it would seem, and that Geno Smith is playing better than Russell Wilson has for multiple years. Yeah, and we're talking about injuries derailing these other teams. Well, Seattle, Penny, their, their running back, was phenomenal early mm-hmm. in the year. He goes down, they're like, oh, that's going to be a big hit to the running game. Nope. No problem at all. Put the other guy in. He's tremendous last week. The other guy. Now, Metcalf, he, uh, they say no surgery for sure. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's good. And at least, X-rays were negative, right? I'm not sure but what I that. I mean, I'm not even sure, but they're saying no surgery and it's rehab. So I, I got no sense yet if they're talking about, like, he might play this week or if it's multiple weeks. Mackenzie, you want to look, look that up real quick? Mike Williams... Um, high ankle sprain. That's you know usually like we saw four to five weeks. Is now, what I'm now, now they're, they've, Williams and Keenan Allen are both a bit comparable, but Keenan Allen did come back last week. Mm-hmm. But but um, I don't know if they rushed him back. So now you've got a situation where maybe you know one of your wide receivers is not 100. percent You you nailed it. Like oftentimes when these guys come off the injury report, they're just not you know at 100 percent the first couple weeks back. So if we look at the projected scores here, we have that Seattle should have won by nine. And they won the game by 14. Okay. There was a good trend for the Chargers here, too. A really good trend. It was one of those, like, monsters. How do you feel when a team has this, and you can outline that trend about before a bye, right? Yeah, it it had to do with before the bye, yes. Yeah, so how do you feel when a team is, like, in in, in a a really, really cool, good spot, like Mm -hmm. the Rams were, and the Rams came through for you the week before? And so now you've got, you know, the Chargers, this really good – a good a spot, so when they underperform, it's especially bad, is what you're especially saying. Especially when they underperform by margin. Yeah. yeah. Here's the way I do it, and it's the opposite of you, mm. <laughs> is you will dismiss the whole game. Oh, that was a bad spot. Oh, that's not true. That's well, not true. When, when a team falls on their face and No, it, no, no. I'm saying if it's a bad spot for a team. Oh, yes. You, you can say, I can just excuse that. What I'm saying is, how much was the spot worth? Mm-hmm. Point and a half. I see. Two. So, so I'm going to adjust this score and say 17 should have, you know, but really, how can you do more than that? Yeah. I, that's how I approach it. Though I do understand that all scores aren't created equal, that sometimes. You get blown out in, in, in a great spot. Like in an NBA game, a game, if they make it three at a certain point, this is going to be another 20 points in the game and they're probably going to be within three or four. Mm. Or. They miss at three, it's going to be an eight-point margin, and they dribble out. Like, there's certain kind of pivot points in NFL games like Highly that. Highly leveraged play. Yeah, and and so I, I that's why I like looking at stat. I like to blend it. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll says there's a chance of Metcalf even playing this week. Mm-hmm. So that's a good sign because Geno needs his receivers. I tell you what, the Seattle Giants game, it's going to be really interesting to see where this, like Seattle currently minus three. Open open lower. Open like lower. All the money so far on, on Seattle. Two, uh, two teams on the come, if you will. The winner is, um, well, wait a minute. Seattle, are they in first place also? Yeah, they are. Oh, my God. Imagine that. Okay, Chargers, McKenzie notes, first possession of the game. They went for it fourth and one on the Seattle 32, missed it. Now, you might say, well, that's an old school. You would have went for it. No. No. When you're in field goal range, here's the point people don't get. Getting the first down in that spot means you have a chance to score a touchdown, but you're still going to be majority likely to get a field goal. Mm-hmm. So a 49-yarder is 
close enough. And let's think, where was that game at? In in Sandy or in Los Angeles? Is that a dome in there? Is that a dome or not? Um, so it, so far, it, it, it's it's a dome that's open. Retractable roof? No, the roof the roof is there, but there's some open panels on the side. So if there's lightning, they'll cancel the game because it, I guess there's some. It's possible lightning bolt yeah, but, but it's through the hole in the side of the mm. of the building. But in general, it's a it's almost ideal kicking situation. It is ideal. Okay, so to me, you're you're not going to gain much percentage chance of making the field goal so it's kind of weird if you were on like the five yard line you'd go for it for sure let's say fourth and one exactly because if you get the first you almost have a short touchdown and 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 if you fail you're um, sticking the other team on the five yard line so that's worth like a, a point here you're risking you know so you go for it here and you make it it just means you likely are going to have a better chance at a field goal but not that much better with some chance for a touchdown right it, it, I'm not saying what the computer would say there, but it's an example where, like, so if it was first down from the 30, mm-hmm. it might be worth 4.4 points. Okay, right? and that seems high. So we'll just throw that out. All so right. okay, so if it's worth 4.4 and you make it half the time on fourth and one, right? That's then it's worth 2.2 points on your drive, and the field goal is worth three, and you're going to make the field goal 85 percent. Yeah, the only thing 82. I would say is at 49, it's a lit. You know, if it was 44, it you know it's yeah. weird that you know these but, kickers have gotten really good. That's true. Now Staley though is obviously going to go for it in so many cases. He does. They lose again. All right, final game. Pittsburgh. This was Sunday night football. Steelers with a heroic effort, just fighting, clawing, trying to stay in it, and they get the cover for backers. They lose by six. What do you think of this game? Steelers could have won. Steelers played very well. Minus three in turnovers. Um, lots of dropped interceptions. I guess that's why Pittsburgh's guys are on defense. They're dropping them. So our projected score here was Miami by two, by two. So four points less than they actually won by. Yeah. So I'm I'm still going back and forth. I, I wanted to ask you: Should I upgrade Pittsburgh a half or one? I'm going. I think a half because I think Pickett still to be canned. You know, Claypool is going to get traded. It looks like, which is not good for this year. Um, though I think they might get a haul from like Green Bay. Hmm. I mean, that's the theory. Uh, we'll see. Um, I also think Pickett's, he's not going to be a dink and dunker, but I'm not sure if he's good enough to, like, in a weird way, if a guy won't go downfield, he's never going to be anything better than a bad, maybe an adequate game manager. But if a guy goes downfield, he's got two choices. He's going to be so bad he can't play, like Drew Locke, mm-hmm. or. Or he's going to be a, a top 12 NFL quarterback. I like the fact that he has a chance to be top 12. It just doesn't seem like he's erring on, he's falling on the side of optimism. He's not. I think I'm a little pessimistic, but I like the fact he's going downfield. I do too. I wish he would tuck it and run. You know, just yeah, but that's that. You don't get to be a good quarterback. Yeah, you're running. right. You're right. But you do get to win and cover when it's third and five, and you, <laughs> even, if you even if you have a guy open. You know, you know, but one thing I wanted to comment on with this whole analytics thing. So okay. it's late in the game, and Miami is is driving. They got fourth and one, like on the ten, okay, and they go for it and they fail. And at some point, I understand the expectations is better to go for it, you know. But you can you you can turn a one a score game into a two score game. Being up nine is a lot better than being up six. I refuse to believe that was the correct call. And it's funny because that was one that even the analytics people were talking about questioning. Yeah. But it kind of goes to show you, 
Though, again, the Dolphins coach is considered a brilliant, like it's always about how smart he is. Well, 90% of the time, that's the right call, but that's the exception to the rule there. And that's kind of the point, right? If you're if you're mimicking what people are telling you third hand, that's kind of not the way to run a foot. I don't yeah. think he is. I don't think he is. That's one where you look at the chart and it says, go for it, but you have to say, I got to look, I got to actually run the projection. You know, I got to have somebody run the projection and tell me that's the exception to the rule. And they were making a good point on one of the PFF pods that in the game, it's hard that they don't have the ability to run it with all the variables as it's happening. They got the broad strokes of a, mm-hmm. a chart, and then the the coach has to be able to calculate the little vagaries, the variations of that situation. And it just can't be the coach. They got there's got to be someone to to do that for the well, coach. Has a hundred other things to worry about. I, but maybe this is the most because ultimately these are some of the bigger decisions of the game. I used to tell you this is on the margin because when no one was going for it, it was on the margin, right? Mm -hmm. Now it's become such a big part of who's winning and losing. I mean, you could make the point the Chargers, how different would their season have been last year and this year if they just played normally in fourth down? No doubt. So, so, but, but, and on the other hand, you could say, what are you trying to do? Make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. If it would have swung really positively to the Chargers, maybe they would have won a Super Bowl last year or this year. So maybe it makes sense to be high risk if you're middle of the road. I don't know. You know, I got to or slightly above average. I got to I got to address one of the super Dumbo last thing. D- decisions. I got to go to another game. Cleveland, Baltimore. Oh, and and we and, should have this on a special Fez complaint. But this but. is just unbelievable. So there's two minutes left. Cleveland's trailing by three. They have it fourth and ten. All right, they try a 61 yard field goal. If they make the field, it was after a delay game too, or something. Yeah. So if they make the field goal, they're tied with two minutes to go. The other team has the ball. The other team's going to Baltimore's going to win sixty five percent of the time. All right. The chance of making that field goal is in, it can't be greater than the chance of getting the first down. If you get the first down, you're going to win the game half the time. You got to go for that fourth and ten. Well, the real question is, it should have went for it when it was fourth, fourth and five. And five, yes, yeah. exactly. No, first same, of all, same mo- math. Even the analytics people say at fourth and ten, they're not sure what they should have done. The fact you're saying for sure, I think, is is probably on the extreme side. Hmm. But the other side of when it was only five yards ago, people seem to be, you know, pretty much all thinking they should have went for and, it. And imagine you got Baltimore in the money line. You're like, what do you want Cleveland to do? Please, God, try the field goal. Because if you miss, I win. And even if you make it, I'm winning. It just seems intuitively obvious. But here's the question. Who is one? Wouldn't Cleveland be ranked as one of the top five or seven analytically in, informed teams in yeah, the league? Yeah, so what are they doing? I don't know. If only they had Steve Fett. But I how? Don't know. Here's the question to end the pot. How could you be consulting for multiple teams at once? Like, uh, let's say that you had two teams at one o'clock. <laughs> what would you do? I got to narrow it down to just the highest bidder. Yeah. And once again, Fez proves you can buy him. <laughs> Check him out, pregame.com. See you soon. Remember, Thursday morning, we got the dream preview, which will give you picks looking forward. And there's the daily SOV AM. Fez is a consistent guest on there, occasionally for me. Talk to you soon. 